buttons. Oh, there we go. Is it working? It is. Hi, guys. No, I'm not ready. Okay, never mind. Bye, guys. Okay. I think we're ready now? I think we're ready. Okay. Perfect. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to Sustainable Sustainability. I'm Nick. I'm Hannah, and this is episode three. Woo! And we're now on all the major podcast platforms. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. So welcome. Welcome if you are hearing this for the first time as well. Yes. And we're number 77 on how to podcast in the U.S., so thanks for listening. That's pretty exciting. Um, I think we have like 50 listeners, so that says something about the other how-to podcasts, I think. But no judgment. You know what? We love everybody. We love everyone. Um, well, but mainly um, ourselves. Yeah, how was your week? Um, it was pretty good. It was okay. good. Um, how about you? I, I, I went to Dallas. Sorry, I oh said how about you, and then I... Brought it back to myself. <laughs> well, that's very exciting. <laughs> that's I very was, typical. I was down. Me. Um, uh, it was good. Uh, I did find, I did notice something about sustainability here versus other parts of the country. Mm. And that's that it's not necessarily as easy in other parts of the country. Uh, one of the big things that I noticed was that here we have a lot of like, even smaller restaurants and like fast food places have like a cup for water that's reusable so that they can wash it um and things like that unfortunately i found that a lot of places in like texas have not reusable cups for things like that um and in fact like water often gets in like styrofoam cups um and i think that partly comes with like family-owned restaurants uh just for convenience and making it faster and cheaper but um it really does a number on sustainability. There's also a lot less recycling cans at places. Huh. Um, so lots of stuff went in the trash and not the recycling or compost that could have gone there. So now, because of me, <laughs> all of humanity is doomed. Thanks a lot, buddy. You're welcome. You're welcome. How was your week? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I didn't doom our whole world so better than that. That's good. Kidding, but I'm happy that you went to Dallas and it sounded super fun. Yeah. I I mean, I watched the Cowboys lose. And, yeah. But you watched the Cowboys. But I watched the Cowboys and that's what's important. Yeah. And we almost came back in the third quarter. This is not a sports podcast, though. <laughs> Thank goodness. Anyway, <laughs> back to your week. Uh, my week was great. I did some cooking. Sweet. Composted. Nice. Scraps. Nice. And nothing else exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell people about your podcast this week? I did. Yeah. I shared it to my Insta. I Me told too. my fans. Yeah. Yes. All of your fans? Yeah, mainly my family is what yeah. I mean by that. <laughs> the Hannah Canelli fan club? Yeah. I'm part of that, I think. Oh, thanks. I'll be a founding member. Oh. Yeah. So kind of you. But yeah. Um, it was a good week, yeah. and I'm really excited that we are... We, are on the podcast platforms and yeah. in people's little ear holes. Yay! <laughs> oh, we're like that spider in that video oh. on Instagram. <laughs> if I was listening to this with earphones, I would rip them out. Right now, so <laughs> please don't do that. If you've Keep already done it, come back. Come back. The spiders are over. Um, I actually embarrassed myself. Um, I was telling everybody about my sustainability podcast. Yeah. And then um, we have these like syrup bottles at work. 
and I threw them in the trash, just kind of like instinctually. Um, and my manager came over and like took them out of the trash and like rinsed them out. And I was like, and like put them on the counter to go do something for a second. And I came back over to them and I was like, oh, what are these doing on the counter? And I put them back <laughs> in the trash. And she came over and she was like, Nick, what are you doing? You have a podcast about sustainability. And I was like, oh, right, these can be recycled. <laughs> And I was like, Did you tell her it's about learning? It's a how-to podcast. I said, it's not we're all because we're perfect. Yeah, I said thank you for remembering. Thank yeah. you. Shout out to her because yeah. that's helpful. Yeah, and so I recycled them immediately. Also today, I was at Trader Joe's, and <laughs> me too. We were guys. We were at Trader Joe's almost exactly the same time. But, but we went together. But we're the key to the story. And I did not even see her. Okay. But anyway. When you were at Trader Joe's. I was at Trader Joe's and I, as usual, forgot my uh, reusable bags. And I was walking around the store and I was like, I, was, I went to the checkout line and luckily I had like a lot of stuff. And so I said, hey, real quick, I'm going to run to my car and get my reusable bags. I promise I'll be back before you're done scanning. And she was like, oh yeah, that's fine. I do that all the time. And so I felt so understood. Oh my gosh, that's and, amazing. Yeah, shout out to Trader Joe's. I forgot her name, but she was great. I had a similar experience at Trader Joe's today. Really? What happened? Um. Okay, so I forgot my bag in the car. But actually, I didn't really forget it. I went in there for one item. Oh no. And then I did not purchase one item. I purchased several items. Yes. Okay, great. That's so, more than one I hear. Yes. And yes. so I could carry all of them in my arms. It was no problem when I picked them up. But the thing is, I had also gone to Joanne's and Kent Eastill Nursery before that. And so, and I had not, I had carried my items out of all of those places. Uh-oh. So then by the time I got home, I had more than one armful of things. Oh, no. So then I put them in a reusable bag for my car and a Perfect. Okay, house. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to but, Hannah Canelli's car for a stay and put while she went yeah. and got her reusable bags. Yes, it was, yeah. But good I don't use any plastic today. Plastic bags. Hi, oh, my gosh. Great. Okay, what are we talking about today? Um, today we're talking about meat and um, how animal products can impact the environment. Where? Um, and... Delicious, delicious meat, and why it's not so great. I'm nervous about this one because it it feels more controversial, mm -mm. and People like it feels meat. deeply personal because food habits are deep, deeply personal. Yeah, they have a lot of ties to nutrition. They have a lot of ties to culture. Yeah. They have, yeah, you should ideally be eating three times a day. You should, yeah. yeah. And so I'm more nervous about this one because... We'll talk about this a little bit later, but it was harder to find info that yes. was reliable. Um, Definitely. It was easy to find conflicting info. Yes. And then, like I said... Sometimes within the same article, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, not... Like, people aren't... Like, plastic bags, a lot of people make the judgment on whether or not they're going to use them based on sustainability, right? Like, should yeah. I use a reusable bag or a plastic bag? So when we talked about that, it was different than, am I going to eat meat or not eat meat? Because those are... The reasons that people are eating meat are not like this is the best thing for the environment. So. Yeah, people are not eating, are not. People are eating meat too, based on like so many, either, so many beliefs on like, their nutrition and other things too. Which yeah, is crazy. So, 
so I hope that we're not going to offend anyone or anything in this yeah. episode, and that's not the goal, and we're also not saying, like, you should eat only meat or zero meat. Yeah. Um, of course, there's always gray areas in between, and mm-hmm. so we're going to just kind of talk about some of the things we found, why it was hard to find the research that we normally are able to find, and then kind of maybe some ways to eat better yeah. animal products. Um, yeah. And... If you're offended, sorry, but that's not the goal. If you're a cow listening to this, then sorry. Yeah. If you, yeah. A literal cow. If like, you're a literal if you're cow. Literally a cow. Please stop playing this for your cows. <laughs> that yeah. is something that I will tell you not to do, unless they like it. You know. You never know. Yeah. Okay. Should so, we? Let's dive in. Great. Okay. The first thing we're going to talk about is just what consumption looks like in yes. the U.S. Um, or better put, what overconsumption looks like <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> Boom, roasted. roasted <laughs> Sorry, U.S. Uh, okay, so a few things for meat specifically. Total 2019 meat production is projected to reach a record level of 103.3 billion pounds. Wow. So it's been setting records every year. Yeah. I don't know, maybe since the beginning of time. Who knows? And... Then also beef specifically, production production in 2019 is projected to increase um, to 27.2 billion pounds, which is up 1.1% over last year. Um, but something that's kind of interesting is that per capita meat consumption may decrease slightly this year, but only from 218.6 pounds per person to 217.3 pounds per person. So down. Less so than people a pound. are eating, yeah. One pound less. Yeah. Or one person is not eating 200 pounds. Yeah. It's me. This is because I... <laughs> Go Hannah. <laughs> She's saving the environment. And then also Americans eat more meat per capita than anyone in the world by three times. That's three crazy. times more meat than anyone in the world. Um, and then the last thing about meat specifically is that on our current trajectory of meat consumption and how it's growing every single year... We will need to produce 70 to 100% more meat by 2050, which is coming up. All right. And then for dairy consumption, Americans on average right now are drinking 37% less milk than they did in 1970, which is a pretty significant drop. Yeah. Um, and then sales of milk have declined by $1.1 billion. And then milk alternatives went up. Like almond milk, oat milk, soy milk. Yeah. All that. those good milks. Uh, it, but... While milk consumption is down, U.S. cheese consumption is at an all-time high. It's nice. also all me. I love cheese. <laughs> you went vegetarian. <laughs> so what else are you going to eat? And then per capita consumption of natural and processed cheese, it's about 43 pounds per person. Seems low. That seems <laughs> very low. Meat is at 200-something pounds. Yeah, cheese is only at 43. Guys, amp your cheese numbers up. But it's just because meat is heavier. That's true, that's true. If you get a, you know, a Swiss that's holy, yeah. it's a little lighter. You can, I can see myself sitting down and eating a pound of cheese? steak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> eating a pound of cheese, also can see myself doing. Okay. But I'm going to, it's going to be a little bit less, like I'm not going to have a pound of cheese with a meal. I might have a pound of steak with a meal. With that, I would, I'd like to point out one of the numbers that I found, and we'll again get back get down to the problems with bias on this, but that 60% of the life in, on Earth right now is taken up by livestock. 
So is that like for consumption or for consumption? Just... Consumption okay. either by way of meat or dairy, um, which is again, we're gonna get into the problems with gathering info on this, but that's a that's a big number, even if it is yeah. a little bit exaggerated. Well, why don't we uh, kind of talk about the info right now, then before yeah. we dive into the environmental impacts? Perfect. Um, I think just because this is such a deeply personal issue for so many people in so many different ways, it was kind of tricky to find information. Yeah. I feel like every every article I read was either for going vegetarian or against it entirely. There was yeah. no like, hey, here's some objective numbers that we found. Everybody seemed to have an agenda. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing that's tricky is that there's a variety of, of meat production systems and dairy production systems. So like... If you have a local dairy farm or a local grass-fed beef mm-hmm. farm, is that what they're called? Beef farms? I don't know enough things, but um, then it's going to be a different impact than like a large-scale system mm-hmm. where they're shipping to you and you're mm-hmm. picking it up at your local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Not even your local grocery store chain you know yeah exactly and there's different numbers for like different kinds of meat and Mm -hmm. all that and then the other thing is that there's different measurements so like one of the things we'll talk about is like a measurement of how much carbon emission is created by certain kinds of like meat products and so some numbers measure it from like the time they're slaughtered to the time they're on your table some of them measure it from the time they're born to the time that they're on your table. Some of them are like including all the food grown to feed them and all of that to the time they're on your table. All, all three of those are very different numbers because they're mm-hmm. counting three very different timelines. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but not in not every place do they say this is exactly what we're measuring. They'll say yeah. meat consumption accounts for blank percentage. And so it was tricky to find context and exactly what all the numbers meant yeah i feel like everybody kind of found studies to uh prove their point with some good old confirmation bias yeah which is lots of fun i think that i did some of that on here too yeah perfect cool it's not perfect it's not bad that is but let's dive in (laughs) okay um where should we start okay so here's the what I found um, on environmental impact. According to the UN, I trust the UN. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I trust the UN. Wow. Okay. Hot take. Wow. I trust them. Controversial opinion there. I know. They say that meat production causes 14.5% of human caused climate change globally. So that, again, is a specific measurement. It's not all climate change factors, it's human caused climate change globally. And I think it's also important to point in there point out the words human caused sure. like mm-hmm. meat production and the like systematic production of meat obviously tigers they eat animals all the time but those are wild animals uh meat production is the only it is one of the only areas of climate change that is entirely human uh human produced Maybe not one of the I don't. Th- I think that's that a lie. It's... it's but it is entirely human <laughs> produced. Okay. Well, Most of the time. I'll get started here. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so this number, they in their study, this one of the reasons why I also found this number reliable is that they talk about exactly what they factored into this number, the 14.5% number. It includes what it takes to feed animals, raise them, take them to the slaughterhouse, package them, bring them to stores, and get them to your table. So it's the entire lifespan of feeding them to when you're eating your steak at a restaurant or right. at home. So that's, that is the same about number that the UN in this, their same study found was he, from transportation that was human-caused climate change Okay, was around 14% as well. Okay. So that's where that kind of comparison of it's as bad as the transportation sector comes okay. from. That's that's interesting. I think that that number, that's not the study that I came across, mm-hmm. but I did come across a large variety of studies that some of them were as low as like 4% and some of them were as high as like 51%, which is crazy. So unhelpful. Yeah. That is so unhelpful. And if it's 51%, it's obviously the most impactful thing. If it's 4%, it's obviously not at all, not even yeah. close to the most impactful thing. So I think that that number 14.5% is a good number to go off of, especially if it's a study done by the UN. Yeah. So, so we'll stick to that yeah. for now, but there's lots of other lots ways of other that numbers. things are measured. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, okay. So now getting into some products of cows. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, I think that one of the main things that I found, um, and you might have some numbers to attach this to, um, was that cows, um, cow meat, beef specific, beef, (laughs) (laughs) cow meat specifically, just beef. Beef is the like worst type of animal product, uh, for the environment. Yeah, it's definitely Um, the hardest. It creates a lot of methane, which I heard, I, I learned was like twice as impactful on the environment than co2 itself um and that's insane um but i found that dairy is not as bad so maybe we can go into that a little bit too yeah i assume that's just because like dairy cows live longer (laughs) yeah dairy cows live longer it's more like you're able to get as many gallons of milk from a cow, a dairy cow, and they're less overfed and pumped with hormones and produce less methane because they're less overfed. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then, it, like Nick said, as a as a product of the metabolism of cows, they produce methane and then also nitri- nitrous oxide, which is a really dangerous greenhouse gas. And it's methane, like you said, is about twice as bad as CO2 for the environment, but nitrous oxide is about 300 times more potent than carbon dioxide they emit less of it that's why you don't hear about as much so it's not it's not insane amounts but it's definitely in those cow toots yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah like you said cattle raised for both beef and milk are a really high percentage over 60 percent of the livestock sector's emissions wow yeah okay so the next thing is, that I have is about the wildlife that it affects to raise and slaughter animals. Besides the humans that smell it when they're driving by the farm. Yuck. I was reading, <laughs> I was, no joke, was reading an article about, uh, about how meat production impacts the environment. And it was talking about how there are dairy towns People like will live like five miles away from the dairy town just so they don't have to smell it. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't seem like it's like big about the environment. But then I read about, oh, well, that's methane. That is bad for the environment. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, loss of, of wildlife areas in order to have more cattle farms and other agricultural spaces um, for animal production, I guess, yeah, is the leading cause of mass extinction of wildlife right now. And then a 2009 study found that four-fifths of deforestation across the Amazon rainforest could be linked to cattle ranching. And so similarly, uh, I know in the past month there's been a lot of talk about the Amazon rainforest, which is still yeah. on fire. Yeah. And the main the main reason that they're doing controlled burns there is for cattle farms because beef demand is so high. So that's just one yeah. effect. And so that's another thing that's kind of tricky is that that's a, an effect of people eating beef, but it's not in the actual raising of animals or anything like that. Yeah, and I mean, methane and nitrous oxide is pretty specific to cows and mm-hmm. beef, but that's something that's more than just that. That's all animal products. Yeah, and and it's also just all agriculture. And so if people are growing other food there, great. But if you think about what we have to feed animals with, yeah, then we're going to need more agricultural space mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to to grow the land needed yeah. in order to have them for dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, another thing about clean air and water is that the like growing of food for animal consumption requires a lot of like pesticides and stuff. And since there's just so much of it, not great for clean air and water. So the last thing I have is that it takes more energy um, to do meat production. So meat production produces more em- emissions per unit of energy compared with plant-based foods. And then also it takes nine calories to feed a chicken to get one calorie for us to eat. So if you're like giving a chicken nine calories of grain, yeah, when you kill that chicken that nine calories will equate to one calorie of, like, food we can eat. Okay. So we have to feed them, like, nine times the amount in calories that we're getting from them. So obviously that requires growing a lot more food, more pesticides on the food, more Mm. everything. Yeah. Just because it's... It's essentially, like, growing nine or even ten times, technically, the amount of grain that you would need. For the same amount of And that's calories. for chickens, which eat the least amount of calories yeah. per one. Mm-hmm. And um, can we get into that for a second real quick? Yeah. About just some, a, a couple infographs that I found that were actually, this data was actually pretty consistent, which I liked. Okay, yeah. Um, showed the like environmental impact of different kinds of meat as well as other good protein sources. So this one I found was uh, pretty, pretty uh, informative, I felt like. Um, it talks about kilograms of uh, CO2 produced um, per 50 grams of protein. So beef, for instance, is 17.7 gram- kilograms of CO2 are produced to create 50 grams of protein, which that's the worst. Because um, that's so much CO2 for that amount. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, yeah. That, that's a lot. Um, lamb is a second at 9.9. Then you have farmed seafood. Wait, hold on. That's a huge jump from yeah. 17 to 9. Yeah, that's almost half. Yeah. Or it's a little bit more than half. But yeah, it's it's basically 
beef is so bad compared to every other protein source, protein source or significant protein source that you can find. Uh, then you have farmed seafood at 9.1, which is not that much lower than lamb. Um, you have cheese at 5.4. Um, and then below that, you have kind of everything below that is just four grams or less of, or kilograms of less of CO2 per 50 grams of protein. So that's pork, farmed fish, poultry, and eggs. Then you have non-animal uh, products at all, which like tofu, only one kilogram oh. per 50 grams of protein. Uh, beans, only 0.4, and nuts, only 0.1. So if you think about that, uh, tofu, beans, and nuts are the only three non-animal products, completely vegan options on that list, and they're all one, one kilogram of CO2 or less um, per 50 grams of protein. So veganism... Veganism is good for the environment if you're talking about protein, yeah, specifically. Yeah, I know for a lot emissions, of specifically. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people's uh, concerns with uh, vegetarian and veganism are that they won't have enough protein. So right, yeah, right. There's a lot of thoughts around how meat is the main source of protein, yeah. or you need meat to get enough protein. Mm-hmm. But and I would say that was a myth. Yeah. But we're not going to get we're really not, into the, the health because yeah. that's a whole a whole other thing that we are not qualified to speak on. And there's so many documentaries on it, both for and against. Watch those. And truly. Yeah. So many for, so many against. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Let's continue. All right. That's everything that I had about the effects of eating meat and other animal products on the environment in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into the opposite side then. Yeah. Okay. And I think... Most of the things that we found weren't about um, how eating meat is good for the environment or how it's not going to help the environment in any way. Um, but one one thing that I did find, like we talked about, there are a lot of different numbers mm-hmm. that we found about how eating meat affects the environment. Yeah. And the lowest number I found was 3.9 is uh, 3.9% of pollution is caused by uh, meat and how even if everybody stopped eating meat um, in the U.S., it would still only drop the number by like half. And so it wouldn't, like not eating meat wouldn't save the environment. Oh, so in that study, they found it was not very impactful. So that's what you're saying. Okay, great. Which, I mean, I get that. But also, like we said, we found a lot of different numbers, so... We know at least that so much water, pesticides, things like that are put into growing food for animal consumption. Mm-hmm. So we know that we're using a lot of resources. We know that methane and nitrous oxide are emitted by cows and it's impactful. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe it's less impactful than some things are saying it is. Yeah. But I think it's definitely still impactful and you, yeah. there, you can't really argue that it doesn't make any impact. No, I, and I don't think that that article, that article was just trying to say that it's not, it's not a big thing, that there's, there's a lot of other things that you could do to save the environment and that's not something that's going to save the environment. Okay. So that, that was just, that was just the, on, the only environmentally related uh, reason I could find for eating meat, for yes. continuing to eat. Okay, cool. 
Um, yeah, I don't have any environmental reasons that you should keep eating meat, but some other reasons that perhaps you might not want to cut it out of your diet would be mm -hmm. like your routine. You eat meat and yeah. you love it and and it tastes good and it's easy because you know how to prepare it. I have chicken nuggets in the freezer. Another I'm reason not supposed to throw you those away might or something. Not want to give it up is because of chicken nuggets. They're delicious. <laughs> one of the top reasons. Yeah, and then people cite like cultural and social reasons. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you don't want your grandma to make fun of you. So yeah, well, and I think that <laughs> meat, meat. While we have done our research that it's so much more consumed in the U.S., but it's something that's so cross-cultural mm -hmm. and in so many different cultures. So if you, it's a staple food. Yeah. So if you stop eating meat in some families that could mean basically saying screw you to your culture which oh, yeah, is yeah. not not something that anybody aims to do that's true yeah and i also have a quick theory i want to run by you yes okay so we talked briefly you heard it here first you heard it here first about um our hunting and gathering roots yes i would say i'm more of a gatherer i'm just gonna put that out there okay but um okay so i think Here's my theory. Yeah. We were hunting and gathering for so long. Is there an evolutionary reason that we might be drawn to eating meat, even if we have rational thoughts about like, oh, this is probably isn't the best for me to be doing? Do you think that our bodies are evolutionary, evolutionarily predisposed to want to eat meat? Definitely. I think that uh, we crave things that are savory and uh, have nutrients in them that we uh, once kind of only thought was in me I feel and we like. literally needed them yeah yeah we and people uh, back then uh, in the ages of hunting hunting and gathering people were running around constantly foraging for just a possible food source yeah so i feel like that's definitely and calories and meat has a lot of calories in it so that's i think that's definitely something that is true we do have an, an evolutionary predisposition to eating meat for sure okay great maybe this is confirmation bias but you know yeah maybe we're right we're probably right we're probably right. <laughs> um misinformation about protein i think we mentioned this like there might be some ideas so that you can't get enough protein if you're not eating meat mm -hmm. um, i know that i was I, I went vegan for a couple of months last year mm -hmm. um and i feel like it's that's definitely a different step than like going vegetarian but i had to like carefully because i like to go to the gym a lot and i like to work out so i was constantly looking for ways to get protein in um and that's hard it's yeah. definitely doable but it is a lot of it is hard and you have to think a lot more than mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of things that are vegan and vegetarian that have a lot of protein in them also have a lot of carbs and fats in them so you have to take that into consideration too if you're trying to eat under a certain amount of total calories. So yeah, that's 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 something that is hard, but it's also it is doable. Yeah, and not everybody needs the same amount of protein. Mm -hmm. So we, again, we're not nutritionists, but not nutritionists. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then also like, there's a lot of farmers in the dairy and then also meat industries, and mm -hmm. so. Maybe people just really love farmers. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to put Farmer Joe out of a job. 
I think Farmer Joe probably has a lot of skills and he could grow lentils. He could. You know? Lentils sound hard to grow, though. Mm, okay. Well, anyways, I'm just saying that could be another reason. <laughs> no, yeah, totally, totally. Um, okay, so those are kind of the for and against. Um, but something I do want to talk about is also how can we eat meat better? Because mm. a stat that I found was that more than 45% of Americans want to ban slaughterhouses, but 98% of Americans eat meat. And so I think people maybe are upset with meat practices, but mm-hmm. they still go to meat for their go-to source of protein. Well, and something that it's interesting that I found too is that like, we actually kind of talked about this before the podcast, but about the percentage of people who are vegetarian, mm-hmm. and that was a hard number to find. But according to two studies in 1971 and the study in 19, or in 2016, the percentage of people who are vegetarian even though you feel i feel like we've heard more and more about vegetarian and veganism over the years um it's only it's been three percent for 40 years 45 years oh wow so even though we've heard so much more about it it's meat is still definitely a part of our diet yeah um and so i just found that pretty interesting but I think that that's partly because a lot of people are just starting to cut back on me. Mm-hmm, and for sure. So people are semi-vegetarians, or I saw one uh, term in there: climatarians. Oh, I've also heard flexitarians. Flexitarian, like flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like pescatarianism, or is that like flexitarian? Is like flexible vegetarian. Okay. Pescatarian is not when you just eat fish. Yeah. Or you, yeah, you just eat fish. Got you. Um, yeah. So. So I think if you can find a sustainable source of meat or dairy, then that will change a lot because your emissions aren't going to be the same as if you're getting them from an industrial farm across the country. That's true. So if you locally source your products, it's going to be better for your conscience probably because you're mm-hmm. if you act if you're one of the forty five percent that wants to ban slaughterhouses, maybe you'll find a more humane place to yeah. get your meat or something. I'm not quite sure, but I think that's fine. A good point. Yeah, and then some other ways that I think that we could do animal products better is, like you said, just cutting back. Like, I'm a vegetarian mainly because of sustainability, and I have been since February, but I wouldn't say it will work for everyone. I wouldn't say everyone should do it. I would say to your comfort level, like, if you can cut back on just your beef, that will make a huge difference in emissions. Mm Mm-hmm. Beef, like we've mentioned, beef is the worst. So if you want to cut just like beef or just red meat out of your diet, because beef and lamb were the two highest, um, uh, I think everybody can kind of agree um, on the nutrition side that red meat is not great for you. So, I mean, that, that, I don't feel like it was a very controversial opinion. so I think just cutting back on that or eliminating it entirely would help for yeah. sure. Yeah, and that's one change that you can do that will be tricky, but it will be the most impactful way if you're cutting, if you're willing to cut something out of your diet. Also, if you did one meatless day, yeah, Ooh. then that would be another way. And another thing I heard about people doing is like having just one meal a day that they have meat. Which oh, smart. I, th- I like that idea. Yeah. I can definitely get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some other things that I also wrote down that we can do meat better is plant-based meat. Um, so three brands of plant-based meat that are on the market are the Beyond Meat mm-hmm. 
brand, Impossible Foods, and then Morningstar Farms has a lot of non-meat meat products. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the Impossible Burger, and it's it, so good. It tastes like scary how much yeah. it's like meat. So if you still want like the taste of meat, but you want to go for a plant-based option, those do exist. They're a little bit more expensive, of course, mm-hmm. but if you're opting for a plant-based option sometimes that one is going to be your best bet for what tastes almost exactly like meat i want to give that a shout out and i also want to give so it's called soy rizo at trader joe's so freaking good when i was vegan i ate that with tofu eggs every morning (laughs) uh yeah impossible burgers and soy rizo are two ways if you want to have the taste of meat but without actually consuming Mm-hmm. meat products definitely uh, and then also chicken has the lowest emissions so we talked about cutting out red meat but if you were to just eat one meat source and if you were going to go with chicken then you would be doing a service to yeah. the world i thought one thing that i found interesting in that is and i guess i forgot to mention it while we were talking about it earlier was how impactful uh farm-raised uh seafood was on the environment because that was high i think that was the second the one right behind lamb yeah and when i think of like things for the environment i think seafood is something that i would just assume isn't as bad yeah. but because most of the seafood that we eat is farmed and not fresh caught it is using a lot of resources in in the in the farms and i think that that's something important to remember um too yeah cutting that out with your meat might be a good idea mm-hmm. the last thing maybe i'll say it during final thoughts actually okay now yeah. that we have a, a an established segment on here time for final thoughts Woo! that's so exciting <laughs> okay i sorry before we give it a grade one thing i do want to say about this one is i do not i feel like we just scratched the surface like there's yeah. so much to be learned about this it's so hard to find. It's so hard to find, like, non-biased numbers. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to know. And then it's hard to make an action plan from that. Yeah. It can be. I know. I feel like... So you've been vegetarian now for... Like eight, eight months. months? Yeah. How has it gone for you, do you think? It's good. But I will say, like, I don't need as many calories. And mm-hmm. I don't need as much protein. Mm-hmm. I work an office job. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the gym every night. Mm-hmm. I don't need as many, as much protein. Mm-hmm. So it was not a tricky transition. Got you. Um, I also didn't eat too much meat before that. I was yeah. eating no red meat except for when my dad made carne asada. It was so good. Um, I was <laughs> eating no re- yeah, red meat aside from that before I went vegetarian. And so it wasn't a huge lifestyle change for me. I mean, the chicken was. I ate on chicken. But, um, and I did it like at once, like one day. I was a vegetarian. Yeah. A lot of people do it more gradually, like cut mm-hmm. out red meat, then maybe cut out, I don't know, other things, and then end up being a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's easier if there's, like, specific rules, like no meat. So I've yeah. really enjoyed it so far. I, I feel good. I I am taking a B12 supplement because that's one thing yes. you can't get from anything besides meat. Very few yeah. sources. Yeah. But it's been good, and I... I would recommend it to anyone, and I would love to talk about meat yeah. substitutes and other ways you can get protein because it's it's interesting and it's good for me. Yeah, I when I was vegan again, yeah. I was just vegan for one month and then separately another month. Um, <laughs> but when I was vegan, I felt like 
it was very it was actually i feel like pretty easy for me i did eat a lot of meat before but it was easy for me because it was exciting it was something that i was like i i could get behind a trying to figure out okay how am i gonna get my protein that was fun for me okay how am i gonna get these different nutrients that was really fun for me trying out new recipes that was really fun for me but what was hard for me was when I would be at like a family dinner or something like that, or Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was came gonna up. say you did it over Thanksgiving, and I am worried about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, um, actually, I have Canadian Thanksgiving this Saturday. Oh, um, fun. When this podcast released, it will be last Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> time warp. <laughs> but um, when, but anyway, like, but like when I did think Canadian Thanksgiving, it was like. Okay, I had to make my own food and bring my own food because I didn't want to give up Thanksgiving entirely. You know? Ugh, no, of course oh, not. So I had to make vegan mashed potatoes, vegan pecan pie, vegan uh, turkey substitute, which was tofu turkey. Um, find a better recipe, don't make it <laughs> up yourself. That's what I did. It did not work. Um, anyway, but like that was hard for me. And then like going out to eat, like my brothers or my brothers would be like let's go get pizza and i'd be like that sounds great and then i'd go and be like okay well i have to get my own pizza that doesn't have cheese on it and what, doesn't have it any meat bread with veggies on it bread oh no vegan pizza is good i'm just joking i oh. know that there's other okay yeah, i was like it's like wait a second you haven't had this yet it's good um but yeah i think that that's that for me was the hardest thing when it came to being vegan yeah 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 that makes sense and uh you kind of mentioned at the top of the episode how it's easier to be sustainable in like Washington. Yeah. And I think something that I really appreciate is how many restaurants have vegetarian vegan options, even like within burgers. Like I don't eat burgers that often, but like at a bunch of restaurants, they'll have a veggie burger or they'll have impossible burger, things like that, that make it a little bit easier because you can actually find things on the menu. Yeah. And I will piggybacking off of that. I feel like we're getting further away from our thoughts, but that's okay because this is, I feel like, is an important tangent for um, yeah. actually putting it into practice if you choose to do so. Um, if you choose to do so after this podcast, please tell us and we'll give you recipes and we'll hug you. Heck yeah. Because apparently we're influencers now. No matter where you are. If you're in <laughs> Russia, I'm coming. Um, uh, my, what was I going with? Oh, yeah. Uh, about how easy it is here. Yeah. I feel like in Washington, there's not really a place where you live that, I mean, at least within the cities, that you're not within, like, walking distance almost of a grocery store. Um, I know that in certain areas where, especially uh, poor areas of cities where poverty is a lot higher. um, Food deserts. It's called food deserts. Food deserts, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the, I know when I was in, living in Dallas, uh, Dallas has one of the largest food deserts. Um, it's in the city limits. It's just south of downtown. Um, but there are literally no grocery stores in South Dallas. Um, so you're getting your food from gas stations, which there, there might be veg- uh, vegetarian or vegan options. Yeah, Doritos, maybe. very many. Doritos, there's only one flavor of Doritos that is vegan. Love Doritos, though, so <laughs> we're not... We're, Please don't sue us. Um, <laughs> no one from Doritos is listening to this. What if I have a friend? Um, anyway. You have one friend. <laughs> I have one friend who works at Doritos. Um, but yeah, so I feel like in those areas, it's going to be harder to find healthy foods that are vegetarian or vegan. So 
if you're in one of those areas, um, maybe start a community garden if possible. Yeah. Um, I know that that's something that they did in South Dallas. Um, and, and in Kent, where there's Kent. a food desert. When I worked at World Relief, we started wow. one. Good to know. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, we're far from this. But for final thoughts, okay, so we've both experienced this being non-meat eaters and meat eaters. I would like to know your final thoughts. And it's a two-parter, the steak. Yeah. Number one. Okay, it's a three-parter. Ugh, sorry. I think we should just do veganism and vegetarianism as they are the two main options, Okay, great. Right? Veganism, vegetarianism, and you have to share your favorite plant-based milk. Oh, I forgot right. I forgot about that. Yes. Okay, okay go ahead. Um, veganism. Veganism. I would give veganism, again, all the numbers we found, very difficult. I would give it veganism a B+. I think that um, it's... A great way to combat uh, pollution, um, but again, it's going to take more than just one person, and there is some room for growth in the amount of options. It's growing. There are a lot more options today than there were yesterday. Yeah. Um, but in order to get uh, nutrition and other things, I think that it's a, it's a pretty hard still. Um, Vegetarianism, though, I'm going to give a B. Not far behind. Um, one of the studies that I found was saying that, like, if everybody, and this would be very hard to do, but if everyone stopped eating meat, um, we could improve pollution by about 53%. Oh, my gosh. Um, but if everybody went completely vegan, we could increase it by 60%. So not that much okay. of a difference. Um, still a significant difference, but not a huge one. So I would give them Bs and B pluses, for sure. Okay. And your favorite plant-based milk? <sighs> favorite plant-based milk. I just love almond milk. I know that we talked about it on the last podcast, how maybe yeah. it's not the best for the environment, and maybe we'll talk about it in the future. But it's so good. I feel like it has a good texture. It has a good taste. It adds to the flavor instead of takes away of whatever you're drinking. Um, and almond milk eggnog is... What? Amazing. Yeah, they have high-protein almond milk eggnog, actually, too. Where did you find it? Uh, Fred Meyer, which, if you're anywhere else, uh, your Kroger grocery store or Food Lion um, is where you can find it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, Final thoughts? This is a tricky rating system, I feel like, but we're going to go with it. Vegetarianism, I am giving it an A. Good job. (laughs) Why? Because I think it is an important way to reduce the amount of emissions. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, that took me so long to say. (laughs) Um, I think it's hard, Mm -hmm. but I, it, the way that I'm thinking of the rating system is how good it is for the environment. So I'm going with a, Okay. Okay, fine. A minus. Fine. Because of cheese. Okay. (laughs) Fine. A minus. You said vegetarianism though. You can still eat cheese. Yeah. Vegetarianism is an A minus because it's not perfect for the environment. Oh, because of cheese. Got you. A minus, and that's the way that I'm interpreting the rating system, not like how many people should do it or if it's perfect. I mean, I was just thinking because like we want it to be, I I, I want, we we want it to be a change that people can do, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm putting, looking at it. 
is from the how easy it is to do as well. How accessible it is. Yeah, Ugh. and how sustainable it is. You're talking me down. I started at No, no, start, no, no, no. Keep, 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 you're, it's not super accessible I, let's in a lot of places. amp you back up to vegetarianism. No, amp That's me so down. <laughs> I'm amped down. Okay. Oh, I wanted to disagree with you. Um, disagree. On this episode because you you're did an it. Eater, it's easy so, for you. But it's so not a, super accessible. A minus, you, a minus, A minus, A minus. I'm sticking on A minus. Okay. Veganism, I would say, is very inaccessible for a lot of people. That's true. It's very inaccessible, but it's really right. good for the environment. So I'm going to go with the B also, just because it's very inaccessible. And then also, the, like you said, the change from vegetarianism to veganism isn't huge, but it makes it makes a lot of things less accessible because you're not able to eat anything with eggs in it, true. anything with any dairy in it. And so mm-hmm. because of accessibility, mm-hmm. B. B. Okay. Yeah. So I said B and B plus, and you said A minus and B. Yes, and interesting that we we did disagree then because I said that uh, veganism was better. Barely. And you said that, but still, I said it was better or the same. Yeah. And you said that it was worse. So yes. we did disagree. High five. <sighs> okay, that's a barely a disagreement, but it's fine. Still. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is that sometimes it can feel discouraging because it's like if I do this, who cares? That's like what. Mm-hmm. a few hamburgers that's not going to do that much difference but if we all take personal responsibility yeah. just like any other sustainable thing yeah it will start to make a difference and that's and true your personal whatever you take on personally it will make a difference especially if more and more of us do it especially because every vegetarian and vegan should be sharing about it on social media and making other people feel bad for not doing it i don't like the shame i don't like <laughs> shaming that's our podcast is now is no it's anti-shaming <laughs> our podcast is anti-shaming if and the I'm last just, thing yeah, that was we're not joke. telling you stop eating meat we're yeah. telling you think about your meat consumption think about your animal product consumption because it like i said one burger can make a huge impact one day a week can make a huge impact. All your breakfasts, if you don't eat any meat for all your breakfasts, that can make a big impact. So if you're just more conscious about yeah. where it's sourced and what you're eating, it can really make a difference. I think we all need to be better, and better does not mean perfect. My favorite saying, my motto is, progress is progress is progress is progress. How many times do you say it? Just four. It's oh. progress. Is, it's Every time I say it, it's progress is progress is progress is progress. Okay. And basically what that means to me is just that, like, any form of progress that you can make is something to celebrate. And it's good. So I think that that's important. So tonight we're celebrating... We're celebrating what? Not eating a little less meat. Eating less meat, yeah. Yeah. Reducing your animal product consumption. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so... (laughs) Like our... uh, You should download this episode. You should subscribe to this podcast. You should listen. You should share it. What else and if do? you leave a review, we'll include you in final thoughts next week. Yeah. Somehow. I'm not sure how yet. But I'll say, and I'm finally thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll include you in Spoiler final thoughts. Alert. So, you know what? Follow our Instagram, sustainable.sustainability. Yes. yes. And I'm spell that again. we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye, guys.